This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show coming to you live on this Monday evening after a successful road trip to Cincinnati, one of the hottest teams in all of, maybe the hottest team in all of Major League Baseball, but the uh, Braves were able to win two out of three games. And let's talk to a guy who we've talked to before, and he, of course, played for both of those franchises. We're joined by Brett Boone on the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer, host of the Brett Boone podcast, an Odyssey original featuring the most notable names in MLB and around the sports world every week. Brett, as always, buddy, appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes in Atlanta again this evening. You got it. My pleasure. You know, that was a fun series this weekend with, with Cincinnati in the Atlanta Braves. Do you think that the Braves have kind of clearly, you know, separated themselves from the rest of the National League? Do you think that they're the best team in the National League right now? Well, I'll tell you what, coming out of spring training, we have our preseason, you know, we all get together, we study all the notes, we look at the personnel and the rosters, and we come up with our picks. I I think the Braves is the best team, not only in the National League, in baseball. I think top to bottom, talent-wise, and I think this stage of the season, they haven't disappointed me yet. I mean, this is that that lineup only equaled maybe in all of baseball by uh, by the Texas Rangers, who's been a surprise breakout team in the American League. But top to bottom, this team is tough, and you've got everybody healthy this year. Uh, you know, Albie's having a big year. Uh, Acuna. You know, fully healthy now. Thirty-four stolen bases. That's the thing. That's the thing that really stands out. Olson's got twenty-five homers. Riley's solid year. Pitching staff's been great, second in the National League in pitching, and that's not even with your big guys and and Kyle Wright, and Max Fried. So, uh, I, I can't find a negative when it comes to the Braves. Yes. Short answer to your question, I think the Braves are the class of the National League. You know, I'm, I'm going to get back to Ozzy in just a second, but you hit on something that I've talked a lot about on my show. It's the depth of this lineup. I mean, there doesn't feel like that there are easy outs in the middle of this lineup. I mean, everybody's kind of contributing in some form or fashion. Even some of the guys that maybe aren't having their best seasons, it seems like everybody is doing something to help this lineup win a game every night. It is. I mean, there's there's no there's no rest period for that for that opposing pitcher even each given night. There's no downtime where oh I can get through the bottom half. You know, take a little breather with the seven eight nine. Has no, not on this Braves team. You know, I, I I mentioned the Texas Rangers. They're very similar top to bottom. There's just no rest for that opposing pitcher, and and that mentally wears on on your opponent over time. When you know you go into that pitchers meeting before you have that three four game set. And it's like, all right, well, we can get to this part of the lineup. But, you know, these, these three are kind of easy out. No, when you come to the Braves, it's like there's nowhere to hide. So uh, they're going to be pretty formidable going forward. As, as we know now, baseball's changed over the years. Now we go to 12 playoff spots. The, the postseason is you got to win four series to win the World Series. And, and it's a different dynamic, a little easier to get in the postseason as in the past where 162 was really important. You had to grind it out. And only the best teams got to the postseason. Not the case anymore but equally as tough to get to that, that that World Series and win that World Series. So 
Graves are setting up uh, as good as anybody. And, and hopefully, you know, I haven't got really an update on Freed or Kyle Wright. Uh, I, I don't think they're coming back in the near future. But uh, the fact that they're still doing it without those two, two big guys in that rotation, especially a year ago, pretty impressive. Well, the good news is that Max Freed is now throwing bullpen sessions, so they expect him to maybe by maybe by the end of July that he will be back, not too long after the All-Star break. So fingers crossed that, uh, that he does come back. But, Brett, I want to ask you about Ozzie Albies because you obviously were a great second baseman. What is it about Ozzie that makes him so good? You know, this was a guy that did not have a lot of power when he was down in the minor leagues, and now he's a 30-home run second baseman. You know, is it a physical maturity? Is it something else? Like, like what what makes a guy that wasn't necessarily a power hitting guy in the minors come up and develop into that kind of power hitter? Well, it, it's just not only is it the physical, but it's the mental. It's it's the uh, it's the experience. You know, we all go through experience. I remember coming up through the minor leagues, and I was known as an offensive second baseman you know, a guy that was going to hit 15 or 20 home runs. And I did that early in my career. All of a sudden, I hit 20, then I hit 25. Then the next thing you know, I, I had a couple years in the 30s. So it's something that comes with just experience, knowing yourself, knowing the, 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 the pitching. You know, once you get the, – the biggest fear we have as hitters, as, as, as big league established hitters is when we don't know our opponent. You know, that young guy comes up from AAA. He's got a lot of fanfare, but we don't have a lot on him. You know, we don't have a lot of video – it's almost nicer to go into a situation where I had to face a Roger Clemens or a Pedro Martinez because at least I know what I'm getting. The unknown is the biggest thing. That's the, I equate that to being a young hitter in the big leagues. We haven't seen these guys, but once you get around the league a few times, now you know a, a, an Albies goes into an opposing stadium, he knows that rotation. He knows those guys. He's got a little history. So it's a maturation process. process. Yes, physically you mature as time goes on. Uh, and and you grow into it, but it, but it's more it's more the experience and the technique. So I, I I just looked him up, and I'm thinking, you know, I know he was hitting some home runs this year, but having 18, possibly 20 at the All Star break, that's a big number. So uh, pretty impressive that you're getting that from him. You knew he's going to give you power, but to be on pace for close to to 40 home runs, I didn't expect that out of him. He's doing a great job, and Olson's just blowing up. He's a guy only. I had Olsen when he was an A-ball. I, I worked for the A's. I was a special assistant. I spent a lot of time with those young A's. And there was a, a Matt, uh, Matt Chapman was the third baseman. Olsen was the first baseman. And from, from that day, I knew this kid is special and one day might be one of those 50 home run guys. I don't say that lightly because 50 is a lot. Uh, but he's, he's definitely shown he's got that potential. Brett Boone, host of the Brett Boone Podcast and Odyssey Original, joining me here on the waitfor.com hotline. You talk about evolutions in the game. Isn't it kind of crazy now that, you know, we see shortstops and second basemen be 20, 30, 40 home run types of guys? I mean, you know, I grew up in an era that, you know, again, it was the Mark Belangers and the Dwayne Kuypers uh, of right, the world. Right. Where, you know, I mean, it was, it was those kind of, you know, one homer, no homer guys, hit 220, but play really good defense. Now you see these guys that can mash their outstanding defensive players. I mean, that seems like one of the big evolutions of baseball is just the play of middle infielders over about the last 30, 40 years. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Even when I came into the game and, and throughout my career, it was, you know, myself, Robbie Alomar, uh, Craig Biggio, uh, uh, Jeff Kent. You know, we were 5'10". Maybe the, the bigger guys in the middle were six foot. 
uh, Cal Ripken, I remember when I first came into the game, he was an anomaly, how big he was playing shortstop. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, he'd just be a, a run-of-the-mill shortstop, you know. These guys are getting bigger. They're getting stronger. I walk into a locker room. I see a guy like D.J. LeMayhew for the Yankees playing second base. And I'm figuring, you know, D.J.'s a big guy. I stand next to him. This guy's 6'4". <laughs> and, you know, that was unheard of in my day. Like I said, it was myself. It was the out. We, we were these 5'10", compact guys that played the middle, you know, because we had to be – that that was kind of what was written on yeah middle infielders you're sick you're a slick fielder and you know you're not you're not the taller guys the taller guys have a problem not anymore you know it's just it's loaded that middle infield it seems like where all the talent is and uh they're they're a lot of fun to watch the athleticism in the game uh has come so far just in the last 20 years you know i remember being really critical of middle infielders being a middle infielder so i guess i had a little bias as a player but defensively, I would really, you know, it, there's not too many guys I put on a pedestal as being elite defenders. I watch the game today, and there's elite defenders all over the infield, and, and not just one or two here and there. There's a lot more. The physicality is getting better in the game, like you said, the evolution of the game. But it's pretty pretty cool to see how these shortstops have turned into – they're beasts. I mean, they're big and strong and hit 40 home runs and, and steal bases. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. I think it's cool. You mentioned about Ronald Acuna Jr. and the 35 stolen bases that he's got this year. I mean, oh, he's got 35. That's right. He got yeah, one last night. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, I, Brett, I I really think that this is one of the things that is great about the, some of the rule changes this year is that we're seeing an increase in stolen base attempts. And I love that aspect of the game. Again, you know, I watch those Cardinal teams and and such. I mean, with the Vince Coleman's and the Willie McGee's and the Tom Hurst and the Ozzie Smith. Right. I mean, just watching those teams. And, and look, I've always talked about the one of the one of the things that the Braves I thought didn't at times utilize enough of is their speed. But when you look at Ronnie and Ozzie and Michael Harris, I mean, the Braves have a lot of team speed, and I think they do a really effective job here these last couple of years of not only with the stolen base attempts but you know going from first to third you know a ball that hits at the wall and the guys on first they can score runs I mean that 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 weapon is just I think not utilized enough in all of baseball I I think you know I was just asked about this recently and I went into this offseason I heard the rule changes and and the mind that I have and I I you know, I hesitate to say old school, but I'm a purist when it comes to the game. Less change for me is always better. You know, I, I don't like change of the game. It's the greatest game in the world, in my opinion, for a reason, and less is better. So this offseason, you know, I heard about the pitch clock, and, and the, the, the pitcher can disengage twice. And I thought, well, that's crazy because it's going to give, and it does, it gives the base stealer, especially the elite base stealers, a huge edge. And I was kind of skeptical going in, but I went into it with an open mind. I'm really kind of, I'm surprised that I'm satisfied with the product. I think it's a better product because of the the rules that were implemented this year. Uh, I think it's a swifter game. I think the fans really like it, which is probably in the end is the most important thing. But I think we got a little lackadaisical as an organization. When I say organization, I, I mean Major League Baseball as taking our time, being lethargic, now the guys know they got to get in the box. They got to be ready to go. And I think as a result of that, just organically, there's a lot more action. There's a lot more balls being put in play because you got to be ready. You got to be in the box. Pitchers got to be ready to go. And I think that's just organically because of that, more balls are getting put in play because of the rules with the pitchers. More people are 
uh, stealing second base or attempting to steal second base. I think that's what the rules were designed to do is to just incentivize guys to start running more and getting back to those St. Louis Cardinals you were talking about. There were some great teams and fun teams. So I think it's been nothing but a home run all around for baseball, these new rules. And and uh, I was the biggest skeptic, and I was wrong. I'm pleasantly surprised. Brett, last question for you. You know, I, I want to get your thoughts about this because, again, you, you mentioned about being an old-school guy, and you also mentioned about working with Matt Olson when he was in, in single-A baseball. You know, I look at this Oakland A situation, and it's really frustrating and disheartening, whether it's Rob Manfred and his comments, whether it's the A's ownership. Baseball should be in Oakland. I mean, you know, again, in my lifetime, I mean, you know, the 70s Oakland A's, the 80s Oakland A's with the Ricky Hendersons, obviously, you know, the Mulder, Zito, Hudson era, Jose Canseco and Mark. I mean, baseball should be in Oakland, and this has been one of the great franchises in American League history. How has it gone so wrong that now we're looking at them being in Oak or not out of Oakland, but now being in La, in the Las Vegas? How have things gone so wrong for what has been one of the great stalwart franchises of the American League? Well, you mentioned it. You know, the seventies when they were back to back, and the Catfish Hunters, and and uh, uh, you know Reggie Jackson in the middle of that lineup. Um, Gaylord Perry, I believe. No, maybe not Gaylord Perry. I'm, I'm trying to think. Who, the, the gentleman that passed away. Vita Blue, the great Vita Blue yeah. who we lost here recently. Those games. And then fast forward to your right, the Bash Brothers era, uh, where they won a World Series with Conseco, McGuire, Ricky, Eckersley, you know, Dave Stewart. And then fast forward once again to, to my era, the early 2000s, and going in and seeing Hudson, Vito, Mulder. The A's are a storied franchise. Like you say, they've got a lot of history. Uh, it would be a shame for them to leave the Oakland area and go to, to a Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas eventually is going to be the home of another major league franchise. I think when the expansion comes, Vegas is definitely going to be there. I hope, and I know they're signing the papers and the landsmen have uh, you know, agreed on and all that, but I hope at the end something happens where they find a way to get it built in Oakland. And whether they, the ownership's got to change, well, then the ownership's got to change. But it would be a shame for them to leave Oakland. I think what happened... And, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure of the facts here, but what I'm hearing is 20, 25 years ago, Oakland did have the rights to San Jose if they were going to expand and build a stadium. I think since then, something happened. There was a negotiation, and the San Francisco Giants ended up having rights to that San Jose property. So now Oakland's thinking, we'll go to San Jose, and the Giants are going, oh, no, you won't. That's our property now. That's our fan base. So I, I think that's a, there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of red tape on whose who's fan base is who. The, the Giants have a say in a lot of Oakland's moves. But I, I think for the good of the game, they got to get something done in the city of Oakland. They need a new stadium. That Coliseum, when I first broke into the league, it was a beautiful stadium. It was open air. It was almost like a Dodger stadium looking out, you know, beyond center field. But once they closed it in, they made it for football and baseball friendly. It's just not one of the, the nicest parks. Fans don't like going to the stadium. As a hitter, I liked hitting there. But, but that doesn't matter when you're talking about getting butts in the seats. They want to go to that new state-of-the-art stadium. Because the majority of the big leagues, with the exception of Oakland and Tampa Bay, do have that brand new fancy bells and whistles stadium. I think that's the future of baseball. I think that's that's really not the future, but the current climate in baseball. Stadium equals people come, revenue. 
Uh, same with the NFL, and and I think that's the formula. You got to have that new stadium to attract the fans. So I hope something gets worked out. I hope they don't go to Vegas. Like I said, Vegas is going to have a franchise, whether it's the Oakland A's or or an expansion team in the coming years. But I, I'd love to see the Oakland A's stay in Oakland yeah. because right now it, it's it's pathetic. Right now, yeah. you know that's a Triple A team. Yep. Uh, they don't pay, and and I'm thinking too with Oakland what they're doing and their payroll is so low. Is there something that needs to be addressed in the future? I know there's a, there's not a cap in Major League Baseball, but you go through a threshold and there's a luxury tax. Should there be a luxury tax if you don't pay enough? I think that needs to be addressed with the, with the state of the Oakland A's right now and how low that payroll is. That needs to be addressed. Is there a bottom as well as a, as a ceiling? Yeah, and, and we saw, you know, when that floor came in, you know, that the idea of when the Montreal Expos were about to move to Washington, right? I mean, we saw that all of a sudden you started dumping payroll and, you know, again, at some point you have to have a floor, I believe. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to penalize teams for overspending, you should penalize them for, you know, underspending uh, as well, but that's a discussion for another day. Brett Boone is the host of the Brett Boone Podcast and Odyssey Original. Make sure you follow the Brett Boone Podcast on Odyssey, on the Odyssey app wherever you subscribe to get your podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at TheBoone29. And he joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Brett, as always, appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks uh, for a few minutes here in Atlanta. We will certainly chat again soon. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks. You got it. John Chuck, we will be back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app.